0: Good evening, thank you for coming. Uh, continuing in the, uh, our discussion on the Hilchot Pesach, we've been talking about Dikar Chametz. in specific we've been talking about the case of a wall. So we have a wall where people would uh, store their Chametz, and then the wall collapses. So we have this big pile of rubble. Uh, so we said that Talacha depends on uh, a few different factors. Number one, if you aren't sure that there was Hametz at the time of the collapse of the wall. So we say even if it's, uh, the rubble is pretty low down to the ground within Tritvachim, what we call uh, within chafisara Kelev, that a, a dog technically would be able to sniff it out and pull it out from the rubble. So we say still, it doesn't make a difference because you weren't sure. You don't have to go and search through it. And we said there's a concern of Akravim, that there's a sakana, there's a danger that if you're going through the rubble, that God forbid there could be a scorpion or something along those lines that would harm you. We say it's not worth it. So uh, leave it as it is. Do the betul, do the nullification in your heart. You should be good to go. We said, if, however, you know for certain that you had stored your uh, pizza in the wall that day, and then it went ahead and it collapsed. So he said, there it depends. If it's within gimel So if it's within this... Uh, uh, I guess, whatever you want to call it, measurement that uh, the dog might be able to uh, sniff it out and pull it out. So we're concerned. And we say, you should go in there with a uh, mara v'chatzina. You should go in there with your pickaxe and your uh, shovel and assuming there isn't going to be uh, 100% danger and you should go and you should get it out of there because we're worried that the dog's going to pull it out on Pesach and you're going to have a problem because you own that chametz. If it's higher than gimel tzfachim and the dogs aren't going to pull it out necessarily or we're not at least concerned that that's going to happen. So then we say, it would be enough to do the tool, You could just do the nullification, and that would be uh, good to go. You wouldn't have to actually go and find it. We did say, though, that you have to make sure that you do the B-tool before the shot isur, before the time that Hametz becomes prohibited, because if you do it after the fact, so now you technically own the Hametz, it's problematic, we say, at that point, you would actually have to go out with the shovel and the pickaxe and go and save it. So one last point that we wanted to make is... Um, regarding this case of where the rubble is above three Tfachim, and we say that you just do the bitul, the nullification, you don't have to go search for it. So he said, you do the bitul vidayon, and that's enough. The mishabura says, So let's say, uh, after Pesach, right, they're clearing out the rubble, and sure enough, there's your chametz, right? The very chametz that you lost uh, before Pesach, right? Maybe pizza wasn't a good example. I don't know, your granola bars. It's something that you would still... Technically, be willing to eat. So we say Harehu Mutar. It would be permissible for you to eat that So he says that uh, in theory we have what's called uh that we have chametz that was owned by a Jewish person. Um, so there's a kanast, there's a penalty for that hametz. You're not allowed to consume it. You're not really supposed to derive any benefit from that hametz. So uh, the Mishra says that's only in a case where you actually owned it, mido raita, biblically, or midrabanan, rabbanan, right? That's a kanas, that's a penalty for you not properly following what it is that you were supposed to do, right? The reason why we get into this without getting into too many details is because you don't technically own the hametz. Hametz becomes... Uh, worthless once Pesach kicks in, right? You're not allowed to own it, but at the same time it doesn't have any value. It gets kind of complicated. So we have this knas. We have this penalty that kicks in. So we say, but that penalty only kicks in if you did something wrong. In this case, you didn't do something wrong, right? It was above the three tfachim limit, and therefore you didn't have to go and search for it. You did the B-tool. Everything should be good to go. So if you find it after the fact, it would be permissible for you to eat. He says, You didn't violate any and therefore there's no reason for the person to be penalized in any way which way. So, in that case, you did the b-tool, it was above the three tefachim, And then you find the chametz after the fact, you should be good to go. The same in theory should be true if it was, let's say, even less than that. It was less than uh, three tzvachim, but there was a situation of sakana. You had good reason to assume that it was dangerous for you to go and search. So we said, in that case, just do the B-tool, and you should be good to go. So if after Pesach that chametz presents itself, you should be good to eat it as well. Similarly, in the other case, right, where you didn't know if there was chametz, and we said even if it's less than three tzvachim, it's more than three tzvachim, in that case, it doesn't make a difference whatsoever. If you find it after the fact, you should be good to go, because in all these cases, you followed the Necessary rules and therefore there's no re- reason to penalize the owner of the chametz so after the fact it would technically be okay assuming you followed those rules